Welcome back everybody to Brutally Honest Reviews only on the Brutally Honest Network. And today we have a very special episode for you. We're reviewing or we're recapping 2018 and our best movies, our our favorite movies, I should say, mm-hmm. of 2018 that came to theaters or streaming or otherwise were released for the first time in 2018. Um, and this is a special episode and it's a particularly exciting episode because there are a lot of good movies this year. Um, as always, I feel like, but this year was, we had a little bit of a, 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 a strong influx of, of movies. Um, so let's start it with Rob down the line. Uh, Rob, what was your initial take on this year and give me some of your favorite movies this year? <sighs> Over, overall this year, I'm going to say there was a lot more bad than good, I would say. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely still a lot of movies I liked and enjoyed, a lot of disappointments for me personally, but my favorites of the year, I'm going to give you a top five because I couldn't narrow it down in, in no order. Annihilation, mm-hmm. Infinity War, The Green Book, Upgrade, and A Quiet Place. Okay. Wow. Yeah. What a healthy I like sci-fi. Yeah. Love sci-fi. Nice. Love horror. Into Two it. favorite genres, actually. That's a good variety, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. I feel like so, everything of mine is the same, except for the first one. <laughs> before, we, before we move on, I want to touch on a little bit on those movies. Why did you like each one? In a, briefly, why did you like each one? Whew. Annihilation was just so much different than anything I've ever seen before. And it looked amazing. The shimmer in the movie looked great. I thought the acting was, it wasn't anything spectacular, but they did their jobs what they needed to do. And it was just so much different from anything else I've seen. It was a great sci-fi movie, I thought. Mm. Was that that Natalie Portman? Yeah, that was the one with Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson. Um, Who else is in it? Jennifer Jason Leigh. Yeah. Yeah, she was like the... The doctor. Yeah, the one mm-hmm. with cancer. Kind of leading the. Oh. The yeah, she there. had cancer. That's why she wanted to go in. Yeah. And then the. Yeah. There were other people, but I don't remember their names. This movie came out in like February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Infinity War was. It was just a huge build-up. Ten years, twenty-two movies that led me to that point. Thought the action was good. Story was good. It, little bit too many characters at some points, but all, overall I really liked it. The Green Book was probably the best acted movie I've seen all year, and so much funnier than I expected. It probably had my two favorite performances of the year as well with Viggo Mortensen and Marshala Ali, or however you pronounce his name. I thought that was great. And Upgrade was, that was also one of my biggest surprises because it looked horrible. But I still wanted to go see it just because it's a sci-fi futuristic action movie. Mm-hmm. The blood and gore was great. The acting wasn't anything special, but I overall really enjoyed my watching that movie in the theater. Mm-hmm. Mainly because of such a huge surprise it was. Mm-hmm. And A Quiet Place, I can't think of a negative thing about that movie. Solid. Acting, the writing, the action. John Krasinski. Yeah. yeah. I think the sound design in that was the highest. Yeah, fantastic. And the use of silence. Um, yeah. That's a, not to interrupt, but no. that's the one movie I really wish I saw in a theater this year because I think 
you know, the tension, everyone collectively holding their breaths mm-hmm. in that movie you could hear would that have been too. an experience yeah. that you won't get watching at home. And I wish I had the chance to see it in the theater. You'd be one of my best theaters. You'd be surprised how respectful the theaters was oh, that yeah. I saw because I, I saw it a couple times. Oh yeah. You know what'd be fun? Mm. Take an HTV Vive and and view the Quiet Place. That'd be creepy. <laughs> I would love that, to. That'd be cool. <laughs> I would love to do that. That'd be oh, pretty cool. Too. That would be fun. What did you just do? <laughs> I'm gonna go do blue, that. Blue <laughs> your oh my god. Mind. Well, we'll see. I might buy one. Oh shit! I, I kind of want to buy it to just play lightsaber tricks. And stuff. <laughs> That'd be I pretty see, cool. I see uh, my buddy Alex Stinson doing that on uh, Facebook. Amazing. Um, but yeah, is that all the all the movies? Yep, that's my top five. All right, in no order. Oh, me now? Yeah. Um. So in general, I I don't know. I'm not a snob with my movies, but I kind of am. Like I like older movies so i was majorly disappointed by a lot of things this year because i feel like a lot of it was just like people trying to you know cash in really quick on you know books or like slender man which made my fucking list um there was just so much not this one no there's just a lot of disappointed half-assed films i think which is super disappointing a lot i feel like people use names over actual quality actors who could have probably done better in certain roles yeah um but with that being said the my top four because i had three and then i i added one um <laughs> in no particular order uh is bohemian rhapsody hereditary <laughs> sir uh a quiet place and that's on my list too. uh searching were my top faves of the year um bohemian rhapsody i think just because the casting of that was fucking insane whoever did casting deserves a raise um and i enjoy queen a lot though inaccurate it was extremely inaccurate very inaccurate um if you're someone who knows it i wasn't particularly bothered by it because i do know the legit thing if you're ignorant and think that that's how things happened you're wrong but um, <laughs> it was a beautiful movie. I feel like Rami Rami Malek, Rami Malek. He was he was fantastic, and it, everyone was fantastic yeah, in their parts. Rami Malek. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, moving on. We'll never come on the show now. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. Um, I enjoyed Hereditary a lot. That was the first podcast I was on for this, where I defended the shit out of that movie. Um, <laughs> I just really liked it. I feel like everyone was creepy besides um, the wolf kid who cried too much. Um, I personally liked the demony stuff in it. I feel like it was spoopy and I liked it. I liked it. I feel like that movie didn't know what it wanted to be though. It was like a demon possession movie, a haunted house movie. Like it was almost a little bit like Rosemary's Baby, and I liked yeah. all of it, but it didn't like. Land on any of these things. I but feel overall, like, I liked it. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of people who just shot it down way too much because you <laughs> so didn't want to do your own research here. about payment. That, so there, there were a lot of movies this year. There were a lot of movies this year that have that edited their trailers in such a way to draw people in the theaters. I loved this trailer. Brilliant marketing. I loved the trailer. I mean, you can love the trailer. I thought, I thought that there was just a lot going on, and that what the trailer was given was not what the movie was about. And had the trailer been a little bit more about what the movie was about, I would have enjoyed it more. 
but because it kept leading us in this different direction, it was kind of like confused as to what I was watching. There was like a mm. lot of stuff going on, a lot of really visceral images that I did like, a lot of things that I did like about this movie that really I gave a little bit of a lower rating because I didn't understand where they were going. Yeah. But I, I still think it's a quality movie. It's actually on my list of movies that I misjudged. Wow. Okay, I take back being rude to you. No. <laughs> that's a um, I knew of Pey- <laughs> Peyton. No, that's my niece. Peyton um, I knew of Peyton uh, before this film. So I think I went in and I was like, fucking cool. Like, you know, I already knew some shit. Um, but A Quiet Place, because I just want to be um, Emily Blunt so bad. Um, and John Krasinski's beautiful. And sound, that was, I was, I've had nothing but horrible theater experiences this entire year. <laughs> you have. Yeah. Nothing but horrible experiences. You've had opposites. Oh my really. goodness. <laughs> Even in like the one we, was it, I think we were in the same theater for searching. We were. Yeah, and there was an old woman next to me I was we ready like, to end. Hey, John and Sam. Yeah. Hi, John and Sam. Yeah, you were in front of me. <laughs> and I feel like we both had different experiences, even though you guys were in front of me for yeah. that. But, like, anyway. Um, yeah, everyone, I feel like, was super respectful for it. So I was able to get into it and not so distracted because I get very easily distracted by, like, disruptive behavior in the theater because I need shit to be quiet because I like to, like, look around. And a lot of, sometimes in... Movies, it'll be something you hear that you're supposed to hear, but not everybody's like, oh, did you hear that? Like, you're going to miss something. Mm. And for this, everyone was really, I feel like everyone was anxious because, I don't know, it was an anxious movie. When she stepped on the nail, I still get nervous to go downstairs. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that scene. Um, but everyone was so great in that. So that's that. the second I saw it, I was like, that is a top choice. And then my last one is Searching because I do enjoy that kind of film. I feel like Unfriended is kind of whatever. Hate the first one. Really like Dark call it, Web. Call it Screen Life now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something. <laughs> Something like that. I actually just saw that two days ago. I crammed it in before the end of 2018. I, I like kind I of enjoy. forgot about it until I went back and saw what we reviewed. I was like, Searching was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not for everybody because not everyone likes that sort of like first person looking at your own screen type thing, but I really do like it. And this took it in a more serious side of way rather than Unfriended, which mm. Unfriended, I will give that it does bring, you know, important subjects to the table while making it obnoxious, like bullying for the first one. And, you know, Dark Web, while that is a legit thing, they did make it a little whatever with, like, the glitchy guy. But I actually really did like Dark Web, and I didn't put it anywhere on my list, and I'm upset about that. <laughs> um, I'm still not going to add it. But, yeah, that's those those are my favorites. Awesome. Hmm. Um, so I had four favorites, but I added a fifth in Searching because I forgot about Searching the Bully. So great. Um, so leading off, I'm going to just come up off of your review of searching and say that that was a very well done film Mm -hmm. um it was a film that was done in an unorthodox way you know with different methods you know using webcams using security cam footage all this different type of stuff a lot of filmmakers are kind of trained to not like something like that Mm -hmm. because it's kind of out going outside the norm but like when you have writing that's good when you have editing that's good uh everything came together for me the acting was great um, what did you think of uh, was it John Cho? Mm-hmm. John Cho. Because yeah. I was listening to an interview uh, a couple weeks ago that he really resisted being in the movie because his agents huh. he 
tried to pitch him this movie, and he's like, "This doesn't seem like a movie. It doesn't seem like a script to me." Yeah. And he and he had to, the director had to meet him with him a few times to convince him to be in it. So he really resisted. I thought that was kind of an interesting story, but I didn't know if from uh, what you thought of his I, performance because he wasn't even sure if it was a movie when yeah. he finished rap when he rapped on it. He was like, I don't know what yeah. I have here. So I thought he that was interesting. He plays such a good, he's nervous dad. Yeah. yeah. He was pretty authentic. He did a good job of taking the role that was given to him. And, you know, when he signed on to I didn't, I didn't feel any kind of, like, regret during mm-hmm. his performance. I think he put his all into it. It felt genuine. It, it, it. It didn't seem it didn't seem wrong. It felt like a real father going mm-hmm. through this real. You know, I don't know my kid. I don't really know how to approach her to see you know how to make sure things are all right. And when things kind of spiral, you know, we see like the you know as you know as being a parent, you must know when when things kind of go go crazy with your kid and you don't know what's going on, you, you freak out. Yeah, um, it scared me because I realized where the internet's going to be. And like six years from now or seven years from now, and I have a seven-year-old, and like if it's so easy for them to create this life on social media that yeah. I'm not even gonna be on. I mean, I know Facebook, I know Twitter to some degree, and a couple of social media platforms. You don't but know what they're doing. I, you don't know what they're doing, and it's uh, it definitely got me thinking. Oh God, what's coming down the line? Mm-hmm. You it's know? terrifying. <laughs> it is. My own family, and I'm not gonna name who. My own family, like I, I've, I've actually ran into like problems with like my own family, younger kids in my family using the internet in a way that it really shouldn't be used by someone so naive. Mm-hmm. So like it's, it is a scary thing. It, it really kind of begs the begs to ask the question: Should we be teaching our kids social media in school? Which I think is definitely where mm. we should be going, but nobody's yeah. talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Searching is, is is a great movie to check out if you want to, you know, see this movie. It's a great message. You'll become self-aware. Don't get too caught up in this movie. Don't don't go to the extent where you're preventing your kid the life that they need to live on their own. But at the yeah. same time, it's like you really do get to just keep a keep like a untrained eye. Yeah. On, know on, know on the signs. So that's searching for me. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Um, the next movie for me is also on everybody else's list so far. Quiet Place, um, one of the most expertly done movies this year. Uh, the sound design incredible. The acting incredible. The pacing incredible. There's not a bad thing I can say about this movie at all. Um, it was perfect. Um, it was signs meet anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say that it, it was signs. Mm if it had you in the edge of your seat the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the sound design was incredible. It really was. Yeah. Um, and again, John Krasinski from The Office is going to have a whole new set of roles after this movie's come out. Which is funny. I love him so much. Um, which is exciting. <laughs> well, they want him to do a sequel already, but he, I think he's already kind of resisted. Like, no, it's Is, is he going to do it? Yeah. yeah. He is? Because he's like, hmm. I think, well, it won't be by him, but... No. But there's definitely more stories to tell in that world. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I just hope it's not like diminishing returns, though. Because that's what worries me. It's going to be like something with a colon and, you know, quiet place, you know. His reluctance. New Horizons or yeah. something. You know, I don't know. But <laughs> I just, I just want it to maintain the quality. His reluctance gives me hope because I don't think that he would have signed on to a sequel if he didn't have complete creative control. Yeah. yeah. So I feel I, like this I, would I'm go way, optimistic. way too uh, Mad Max real quick. 
where it would be because there's a lot in a quiet place that felt very real even though mm. they're they're crazy creatures like they were smart in what they were doing and i feel like when it ended and didn't she like have a gun and she was mm -hmm. just like yeah. <laughs> and i'm like oh is this gonna become some like explosions badass gonna fight aliens and everything you know i don't if they do a sequel i want it to be just as smart as the first one i, I don't want it to get way too lost in the He'll be fantasy and side of it, it. so that's like... what i feel like he if that's why he was like let's pump the brakes for a second then i can respect that because i can see it easily go oh. someone died <laughs> i can see it easily going in that direction and that would yeah. upset me so much if it did I'd hope they pick up from where the first one ended, which would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see how they Emily Blunt is just fucking everything. And what's mm. what's what's She's what's my fave. the daughter's name? I don't know. She uh, we talked about now. that. She has an actual hearing impairment. Yeah. Yeah. She's incredible. Yeah, I don't know her name. The baby's still a thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So what? <laughs> That was, I honestly, the second I saw that they had like oxygen tanks with this l box with so a lid, smart. like this, there was just so much, it was so nice to see something where like everything was kind of thought out, but it was still realistic. Yeah. It wasn't like, I don't know, I feel like there's way too many things where like, what do we do guys? And like the things right in front of them that they need, like this was thought out, well executed. Mm. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So... My other two movies I had on the list for best of the year were um, Green Book, as Rob said. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that Viggo Mortensen and Marsha Shala Ali were two of the oddest couples who in the end came together so well that, I don't know, I cried multiple times during that movie. It was such a great bonding movie between a, um, a Southern... Um, a Southern black musician and a Northern New York uh, Italian Guinea. Guinea. Call him a Guinea. 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 I can Guinea. say you Guinea. can say it. Yeah, <laughs> it was heartwarming without being too cliche or or too um, derogatory. Like I, I didn't feel like they played off of this the racial stereotypes in a way that was distasteful, yeah. mm. um, which is a big thing with any movie like this. Mm. The characters were believable and the plot was fantastic the writing was great yeah um and then the other movie i had on my list is the favorite which nobody else had on the <laughs> list i know nobody liked it I missed my no list. i changed really. i changed I, my I mind thought it was just a biting comedy that i went with a group of my co-workers and nobody oh. liked it oh no but i <laughs> in but i thought it was oh, one of the most wittiest comedies i've seen in, in years. Same. And it didn't make my top 10, but I was just blown away by the performances and yeah. and just how how evil it was, you know? I changed my mind during that <laughs> podcast, guys. Yeah, nobody else liked it on the podcast, <laughs> and I did change a little bit of their minds. I thought of shit on my own, though. I'm too stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the favorite for me, uh, it, it, it merged... It merged flawless acting. I think the best acting all year from all three, from Rachel Weiss, mm -hmm. from uh, Emma Stone, and from um, Rachel Colvin? Sure. Yeah, the, the queen. The queen. Yeah, yeah I can't mm -hmm. remember. But yeah, all three of them were top notch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the cinematography, 
uh, amazing. The only thing I had a problem with the entire movie, the only thing I had a problem with was the fact that they used the lens with distortion for the wide yeah. shots. I thought it was a bold choice doing that, and but I kind of got used to it, and I I appreciate the fact that they're really just trying to show us, you know, how these people are living in this in, in these rooms in, the, in this world, and every single shot you're seeing the ceilings. It was very um, I mean a lot of like Citizen Kane in a lot of ways, mm. where you see these people in the foreground, you see these wide expanse you know, yeah. ceilings behind them. They're living beyond and, their yeah. what they are as just humans. And, mm-hmm. and they're letting the people who are in their kingdom basically starve while mm-hmm. they party it up and, and decide the fate of everything. And it had a slow motion duck race. Which, <laughs> it had a slow motion which, duck race. Which, oh, that was so intense. <laughs> Horatio. Five, five stars. Horatio yeah. the duck. Um, yeah, no, that, that movie was... that. that I mean, as, as as so, I'm just gonna say this: like, as a director right, and a cinematographer, that movie was something that, and I don't feel like I'm above anybody. I'm not trying to say that. <laughs> just just to be clear, when he says that are, means. Are you positive? <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, like, as like as like coming from like a writing perspective and an acting perspective and a cinematography cinematography perspective, that movie for me was like it was like candy. Um, but like to someone else, like I understand, like it's very slow burn. Mm-hmm. It's very boring if you're not really getting what you kind of expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not for everybody. But uh, you know, I liked it. Um, <laughs> how about you, Nathan? I I was I thought it was fantastic. Um, like I said, I went with coworkers that afterwards we were just talking and they were just bashing this thing, and I'm just like I don't understand. We saw different movies. It, um, like I said, I just like the performances were fantastic. I just loved um, the the writing of it. I think it's maybe my favorite uh, script of the year. Um, mm. I just liked how the, these two uh, women are are like jogging for favor with the queen and that cat fight. Uh, but it's all under the surface, mm-hmm. and yeah. and I, I just thought it was just just a just a just a biting film that uh, I just really appreciated. Before we move on to your favorites, um, the director Yorgos Lanthimos, or whatever, however you pronounce his name, I'm you sorry, right, you know, yeah. we're not, you know, we're not all from the same place. I get it. So, <laughs> um, wow. did you see his previous film, The Lobster? I saw The Lobster, and I saw Dogtooth. Was the first my, my first oh, exposure to him. him. Yep, uh, I really liked Dogtooth, although it was You're weird. And The Lobster, I was kind of mixed on. Really. Uh yeah, when I saw it one time, and I I think it just I think it just didn't hit the mark with me. Um, hmm. didn't hate it. I just left kind of scratching my head. Um, but I thought the favorite was his most accessible movie of all yeah. of his. I did not see Killing sure. a Sacred Deer yet. Uh, is that like, also him? That's also him. You all of his movies up to me. now are like had like animal themes to them, you know, until the favorite. Evan oh is gonna go home. My mind is and just blown. Because oh. I, I saw over this. So I saw To Kill a Sacred Deer this year. You have mentioned that in other podcasts before. Yeah, I didn't like it initially. Yeah. And then after the fact, after like letting it dwell in my mind, I was like, all right, like this is like as a cinematographer, this a lot of this movie like made a lot of like metaphorical sense. Hmm. And and then like I watched it again, and I was like, I kind of like this. So like I I, I want to see it. I haven't seen it yet but I'm it's, I really because I like what he's I like what he's doing I think he's he's made I mean I was gonna and the full wrap up say that you know I think the 
filmmakers that are working today. We're in a golden age of like uh, independent filmmakers that are on the the scale of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. I think there's so many of them right now. You know the the who just did um uh, the, the Green Book. You know. Um, but anyways, but there, there's there's so many fantastic uh, filmmakers that are not in this the big studios right now mm -hmm. that I think this is, uh, you're seeing some amazing creativity come out right now. Mm -hmm. I wish more people would check them out and understand them on a different level other than just like going to see the movies for Saw 500. <laughs> you know, like like uh, people who didn't get the favorite, like, I feel like a lot of people didn't get the favorite and like this is not... Attacking you, guys. you're attacking. I me. just didn't <laughs> like the excessive hand jobs. Oh, this is true. Yeah, it was a lot of hand jobs. I, it was well thing. acted and everything, but you don't but fucking need to. You watch Spartacus, like yeah, first. but those really? hand jobs were necessary. We were four straight. Did you see on watching Spartacus? She was way too unenthusiastic. <laughs> it was too realistic. <laughs> is this hits home. Haunting memories. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and Nathan, I hated the Queen's leg rub downs. <laughs> you mean you wish you were in that place? I mean, I'd be the Queen in that place. I'm not going to want to give the Queen a rub down. <laughs> the legs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Nathan, what were your favorite movies of the year? Um, so, top five. Uh, top five. Well, I'm going to save one of my top for maybe my biggest surprise. All right. But um, in that list was um, Black Klansman. Um, did we already talk about that a little no. bit? Or not? But okay, so I saw Black Klansman over the summer, and uh, first of all, I think it's the best Spike Lee movie, and yeah. mm -hmm. since Do the Right Thing, um, which could be maybe, maybe it's a bold statement. Say, he's, done some, he's done some, <laughs> some, like some good movies, but I that's I'm, I, I stand by that. Um, <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was very funny, and I thought it was just a great social commentary. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of movies that came out this year that I'm going to talk about. Also, my top five. Mm -hmm. um, another one is um, Blind Spotting, which is yet. a great companion piece to that. And the other one, Sorry to Bother You. Mm -hmm. This, yeah. you know, we're in this post Charlottesville world right now, where you know these movies are coming out with these amazing filmmakers, and uh, I th I think it's just perfect timing for this to get the people to start thinking about. You know the social commentary of, mm -hmm. of of the Me Too movement and the and the Black Lives Matter movement, and there's just there's so much great films coming out that are commentating on this mm -hmm. right yeah. now. And whether this was I mean, these movies obviously were written before Charlottesville, but um, Black Klansman um, does something. And I don't want to spoil it too much because a lot of people haven't seen it. You can go ahead spoil it. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but the very, the very, the very end of it uh, shows all this footage of, of Charlottesville, and it's yeah. it's kind of didactic, but I think it's really important because you're watching this movie, and it's 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 funny, and it's got. Uh, Topher Grace playing David Duke, which is <laughs> a fantastic role for him. Yeah. Um, but at the end of this, it just goes into this like three minute like like documentary on, on all this newsreel footage that happened there, and mm -hmm. it just like it just recenters you on 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 the whole matter. Um, I don't know. It's it's just uh, really uh, had a big effect on me, and the performances were good, and the actor. Uh, uh, forget the main actor, but he is um, Denzel Washington's son, which yep. I didn't even know until I got out of the theater and I was reading about it. He's he on an fantastic. HBO show, Ballers, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but everybody was really good. And there's an actor in there. Um, I forget his name. Who did he play? He played one of the, the detectives. And I'm... 
Adam Driver. No, no, the other guy. Fucking okay, love him. first of all, I'm looking at this actor. All right, I'm like, hmm, he looks a lot like Steve Buscemi. Buscemi. And, and, and and like I'm like, that's not Steve Buscemi. This is but I go home like that's Michael Buscemi. Why the hell isn't this guy getting more character actor roles everywhere? He was fantastic in every single scene he was in, and I want to I want him to be in more things because he is just great. Like we need more Buscemi in our world. Hmm. And there's another Buscemi out there that should be working more. Yeah. So uh, that's. You know, that's what I have to say about Black uh, Klansman. It was uh, fantastic. So Blind Spotting is also my top five, which Talk I mentioned. Talk about that one a little bit, because I don't. I, I mean, we, we didn't see that movie because no. it was very, very, very limited. It was. I, I saw it in a small theater. Um, did not get a big release. It's another movie that's it's hard to talk about. Uh, it's basically kind of a buddy comedy, but it takes pl- it takes place in Oakland, which I don't know if you know. There's kind of an Oakland theme this year. Black yeah. Panther. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Sorry to Bother You was also yeah. was mm-hmm. that also oakland? That oakland oakland compton okay so yeah they're at compton yeah i think well, it's that's a, not oakland. yeah what's the other one because yeah, um, he gets the job first in compton i think no 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 that's that's no no i thought it was i think it is anyway so um but um you know it deals with you know gentrification of oakland which is another big thing um that you know, inner cities are dealing with. It's not just Oakland, but everywhere. And mm-hmm. these two friends that grew up together, one's white, one's black, and um, it has a strong commentary on the prison system mm-hmm. and crime. It's it's really timely. And I don't even know it's how to really describe it, but it's it's a fantastic film about these two friends that grew up and how they're trying to maintain their friendship in, a, in a Oakland that's becoming more gentrified. Yeah. Um, highest of recommendations so do you when know you, the leads in it um i have it written down over here but i can't think <laughs> off the top of my head <laughs> that's okay um the two leads are also the writers and the producers okay of it so they it is a it's a very personal story to them so um definitely recommend that um my other two favorite movies of the year were um let's see here now I'm drawing a blank, but I'm gonna look you for one second. I'm gonna grab my notes because I'm like that. Oh, That's okay. Yes, um, you know, I was already talking about Annihilation. Uh, was my second favorite. Was my second favorite movie. We talked a lot about that already, but uh, I I back up everything that's been said on that. I think it's just a beautiful film. Uh, just looks gorgeous. And I love the fact that it's a sci-fi movie that doesn't try to answer every question. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important. That's my favorite kind of sci-fi is where it doesn't, you know, it left me like leaving like, I have to see this again because I want to understand more. And it made me want to look into more theories of it. And, you know, one theory is that the shimmer is a metaphor for cancer. And I think mm-hmm. that's yeah. pretty common um, opinion on it. But it, how, it, you know, it, um, envelops you know something but it leaves it like a facsimile of the object behind in a distorted way and i just i just ate it up and it was such a unique film so uh you know we talked a lot about that already but my favorite film in the year yeah um is a documentary wow and it's won't you be my neighbor oh mr rogers mr rogers now i'm a little maybe the the elder statesman here all right i'm a, a little bit older and i grew up with uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, in his heyday and uh, he was like a third parent to me mm. and I'm watching this film and I don't think I've wept as much in the theater as I did with this <laughs> because his seeing him being interviewed and you know in, a, in light of 
where the world is today. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we need more heroes like that out yeah. there. And it's it's it was watching the movie was like being covered in a warm blanket. Yeah, you know, I was seven years old again, and but it was also really sad because I realized, you know, somebody like this is gone, and there's nobody that's really filling those shoes anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, if uh, if you're my times. age and you grew up with Mister Rogers, and you want you want that warm feeling again, you, you got to see that movie. It is um, fantastic, and there's nothing really special about the filmmaking in it. It's very, you know. By the numbers, but just the subject matter. Such a fascinating mm-hmm. person um, that they talk about. Uh, so, well, there's not many role models these days. I mean, no. Bill Cosby. <laughs> he broke our heart. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's a huge blow. Mm. You know what's people. funny, Bill Cosby? You know, I grew up also with his stand-up routine. I saw him live also. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, and I watched his stand-up routine so many. I have it on VHS, and I watch it over and over. And a few years ago, I got my daughter to listen to it because you know it's family-friendly. A lot of the stuff that he would his comedy routine, and she got into the whole chocolate cake for breakfast stand-up routine, <laughs> yeah. and she makes me play it on Spotify like all the time. I'm like this is just weird. I know it's <laughs> funny, and it, it, the voices are funny in it, but really, we shouldn't be listening to this that much, <laughs> right? You know, because you know? now Spotify is like <laughs> Spotify is keeping tabs on me. This guy's a big Bill Cosby fan you know that's yeah. what that's <laughs> so it's, he it's must a, like he must like I like roof, I like roofing oh, no. people clearly <laughs> song about roofing girls yeah so it's <laughs> it's, it's uh it's yeah it's, it's a tough time you know yeah <laughs> you know? It, it's a little bit of a confusing time yeah, yeah so those people are who are, are kind of figuring out that technology can catch up yep yep so, I mean, I don't want to say that, like, you know, I haven't seen the evidence and the news kind of keeps everything behind closed doors except what they want you to see. But, you know, as far as, I don't know what to believe. You know, it's it's hard. It's a weird time. You know, you watch the news. You don't know what to believe. You hear a lot of crap. You hear a lot of crap. Everyone's paying off everybody to keep real shit under wraps. Yeah. I don't really have an elaboration on that. It's just a lot of crap. <laughs> Every day. But uh, with that being said... Um, let's talk about biggest surprise of the year. So biggest movie yeah. that you didn't think anything of, but ended up being a quality film. Starting with Rob. <laughs> Don't think too hard. No, I, I thought of it a little bit different. Mm. One that I was looking forward to, but ended up blowing away my expectations was The Green Book. Mm. Yeah. It looked good, but I ended up leaving thinking it was better than what I thought it was going to be. In a movie in terms of that I thought looked, or I wasn't very interested in, that came out really liking was Widows. I didn't want to see that movie at all. Ended up leaving actually really liking it. (laughs) I I agree. I um, saw the trailers for that. It did not interest me much, but the buzz coming out of it has been amazing, so now I do want to see it, because... The concept didn't grab me at first. Mm. Mm. That director is, uh, is is great. Steve yeah. McQueen, right? Yeah. 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 He did Shame. He did Hunger. He did... Um, 12 Years, was it? Yep. 12 Years mm-hmm. Slave. Yeah. Great director. Great controversial, not afraid to uh, go to the fences for, you know, whatever he believes in. Um, a lot of movies this year have hit balls. A lot of movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both positive and negative. Yeah. In terms of balls. Um, is it my turn? <laughs> 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 um, so I had two because one I, I one 
instantly was the Meg. I don't like the ocean. And if you've seen that podcast, you know damn well how scared I was of the ocean and how much I don't like it. Um, and I saw it in 3D. And this was one of the best things I've seen this year <laughs> because it's simple and everything just looked really cool even though it was CG and even though I was having panic attacks. Um, it was cool. I like Jason Statham now, I guess. Since that was the first thing I ever saw with him in it. Watch Snatch. That's the first Jason Statham movie. Yeah. Everyone's upset with me. <laughs> so that's your introduction to Jason Statham is, is the, the Meg. Meg. Yes. In his arguably most grounded real role. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like that, that gets me excited to see him in like, I mean, he's the same if he's typecasted, obviously. Oh, he's so much different in the guy. There's about 40 movies, movies yeah. that I could just throw at you that you just wouldn't be able to tell the difference from. Oh. <laughs> I like it though, because I really like his Watch voice. Crank. Yeah, yeah, Crank, I keep getting told to watch that. Yeah. If you like that, Jason Statham, watch Crank. Okay. Um, and then my... Not Crank 2. That one's all right. There's a second uh, one? Of course there is. All right, well, I'll do the first one and <laughs> report back. Um, but my, my second biggest surprise, I, I guess, was Alpha. Because I feel like the concept of it was so simple that I feel like it could have gone so horribly wrong, but I was just so impressed by how it looked visually mm. and how even with such minimal speaking in it, there was still so much emotion and so much growth that happened in it. Mm. And even though the whole thing is just like a catalog of screensavers, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, did, I do think I still fucked up by not seeing it in 3D, but like I was excited to see it, but I wasn't, expecting like as beautiful a film as I got. So I I left and I was, I saw this alone with like another family and they were, this was also another pleasant theater experience. You joined someone's family? They were behind <laughs> me and I was just alone and I was like, oh God, they're gonna think I'm weird. Like they, every single time I went quiet, they stopped crinkling their snacks. It was like, yeah. like these the best people I could have ever been in a theater with. And just, I think that's what helped it. Cause a lot of films I got angry at was because of the theater I was in yeah. as well. The kinds of crowds that come into certain things. I'm like, I don't want to be associated with you. Just bad luck. But uh, this was one of the great ones. And it's it surprised me. I like Alpha. I will tell everybody and their mother to see Alpha. Mm. That was a good one. And that's, what, that's all I got. So I have six Jesus of Christ. Surprised me. So two of, them <laughs> you, two of them you nailed. So Shit. I'm just going to touch on this briefly. The Meg was, uh, you know, what I went into expecting, like, you know, Manure. Garbage. Complete garbage. Oh. Um, I got in one of the best written acting movies, action movies I've seen all year. Mm. Jason Statham's character was for once grounded and actually well written. So great. Um, all of the acting as, as a whole was great. The, yeah. the action was, was funny. It had its funny moments. It had its serious moments. It was a really good balance. Mm. And, and the film looked great. Saw in 3D, definitely wasn't a mistake. Um, and then you mentioned also Alpha. Mm -hmm. Alpha was one of the most beautiful movies all year. Mm -hmm. um, very underseen. Uh, it was about a man, basically the first domestication of, of a dog. Yep. Um, and it, it was fantastic. Uh, it was one of the biggest surprises that every anybody any of us had. Yeah. We kind of yeah. just went in. You know what's playing this week? Oh, only this movie. I Alpha. thought it was a different yeah, movie. Thought I thought it was, it was the robot dog yeah. movie. Yeah. That movie. That was in there for like 24 hours. So, so those are the two that overlapped. Um, I have another one, You Were Never Really Here, which was uh, a movie that came out. Walking basically, Phoenix? 
Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, it was basically Taxi Driver 2.0. Um, wow. I gotta watch it again. I should tell my brother to watch that. He really? loves Taxi it's on Driver. Short list. You should you get to it eventually. Yeah. It's it's a strong <laughs> movie. It, it's it's a lot of it's another revenge movie. You know, doing what's right. Um, fantastic acting, fantastic cinematography, fantastic editing. Um, another surprise, more of a recent one was Aquaman. Uh, came in expecting oh, garbage. The you were garbage. not happy about that. Oh no, so bad. After I saw it, one of the one of again one of the most beautiful movies I've seen all year. Uh, the acting wasn't half bad, except for Jason Momoa, which somehow they kind of tricked into not being terrible. Um, the action, <laughs> the action was great. The art and concept design was amazing. I loved some of these action sequences. Yeah, they're yeah. amazing. Um, so that's three. Um, the other uh, surprise I had—that's four. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Hold on. Let's check my list real quick. Um, Game Night, which was my favorite comedy of the year. Yeah, best comedy of the year. I didn't see that because I thought it looked so dumb. Very strong. Also, like an honorable mention, Blockers was pretty good too. Um, Better than I looked. Really? Yeah. I'm really disappointed I never saw that. It's on my more disappointed. Yeah, my most disappointed. Yeah. I would say say, like they're both they're both very funny comedies. Um, John Cena in Blockers (laughs) is a little bit ridiculous. Couldn't even see him. He plays it well, <laughs> and, and the writing is kind of self-aware of John Cena, which is great. And how it ridiculously makes me want to see John Cena in a better role is what I left from that because I think he's got talent, yeah. And he just needs a better vehicle. And I thought Blockers would be, but I just didn't buy him in that role. I can just—he's tell he's what The Rock was ten Bumblebee. years ago. <laughs> it's not Bumblebee. Okay, he was hilarious in that Sisters movie where he just. Monotonely named out all the drugs he carries. Oh, that was great. That was his that best. That was last year. Though. Best role. Oh, I know. But like sisters. That was his best role. Amy Poehler, <laughs> Tina Fey. Oh, I, I know what you're talking I about. I just love so John Cena. That, that was last year's stepbrothers for me. Yeah. We didn't do the podcast that, no. that, that early, but that's my honorable mention of me years prior. And then my last biggest surprise. That was it. Yeah. Solid. So. What is your biggest surprises this year? Um, I'll mention two of them. Uh, one of them was Bad Times at the El Royale. Have you, have you seen that yet? Mm-hmm. I did, and I'm going to let you finish your review, but I'm going to tell you what I found wrong with it. In a okay. There, there are problems with it, but the, I went in with very low expectations because I thought the trailer uh, did not sell the movie properly, and I expected, and this has probably been mentioned a few times, it reminded people of the 2003 movie Identity. Where like random strangers meet at this hotel and, and secrets get revealed and people die and all that, mm. but um, I just thought it was just a fun, pulpy adventure, and I just loved how you know I love any movie that has like the Rashomon effect, where you're seeing a version of the story and then you go back and you see it from a different perspective and you're learning new things about the characters or the story, and I just thought it really nailed it. It also felt like a movie out of its own, out of time. It felt mm. like something you would see off the coattails of like Pulp Fiction where everybody was trying to remake that Mm -hmm. type of film like things to do in Denver when you're dead or get shorty it had that style of writing to it and but I think we're far enough away from all the movies that were trying to capture that that this movie you know found um you know a wheelhouse in there where it found great casting and um and just a just a fun movie and 
that's real. I just, I just, I just went in with low expectations, and I was pleasantly surprised. So I liked that movie a lot. I just had two major plot holes that bothered me so much, where I could not put that anywhere near, anywhere near my list at the end of the year. And the first one being is the dreaded. Uh, let's leave the door open when we're kidnapping <laughs> someone and just murdered someone so everybody can see inside our hotel room and what's happening. Oh, oh and someone one. dies. And they see it. That was That's something they always do in movies. They leave the hotel room open, and it's like something I always notice. And I'm just like, close the door. Be realistic. She could have, he could have, John Hamm could have peered through the window and seen it. Why yeah. do you have to have the door open? That was mm, my thought yeah. on that. I might have right. Um, okay. And then the other thing... <laughs> was more of like me kind of picking this movie apart was when um, Angela Bassett, is it? Not Angela Bassett. Not Angela Bassett. No. Lady from Widows. Darlene? The girl, one, one Darlene. The first Darlene? Yeah. Darlene. Let's just go with that. Okay. I forget her name. Yeah. Um, so when she goes to get a room initially at the hotel, she is not deterred that her room that's so important to her is taken and she takes another one. Which, the entire reason why she's at that hotel in the first place is because she holds a certain room nostalgic to her. So the idea of her picking another room... Is that what it was? Yeah, that... I thought she just wanted the random room because she was on her way to that gig. No, 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 no. In the past, and when we when we rewind to the past, it was in okay. that hotel room... I need to see it again. <laughs> I don't remember. she was in where she was, okay. she was basically reprimanded. Hmm. Okay. So that's 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 the main thing that I found an issue with that. I, however, I did love one of the um, lesser known characters, Lewis Pullman. Yeah. Pullman's son. Yeah. Loved him. I just like where you have one expectation of him, and then he he's really the linchpin of the movie. Yeah. In a lot of ways, which I thought was very clever. So yeah. I love that he's keeping in the family because I love Bill Pullman, and I'm currently like I'm digging him so much, Bill Pullman, on mm. the center. Nope. If you've nice. seen, it. I haven't. Such a TV's show. a whole nother history. <laughs> it is. Not watching a lot of TV these days. But yeah, keep going. I'm sorry. Um, so, bad time. The other thing, and I'm sorry, I'm going to refer to my notes, was oh, um, a recent thing I saw um, Leave No Trace. Anyone else? I haven't seen it. I just no. bought a book. So, okay, so I haven't read it, the book either yet, but um, don't ben, ruin it for me. I won't. Ben Foster <laughs> is a father that is living in the Oregon or Washington woods with his daughter. And it's a very, very quiet film and it's a slow burn. I won't ruin anything about it, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's just a beautiful film mm. that um, I, think, I think is great. And there's a scene, not spoiling anything, where most of the film is in the woods, but they walk into like Portland or something at one time and you just see them walk over this bridge and all this infrastructure and there's little figures walking through the city and it's just a, a great juxtaposition of their life living in the woods um so you can give it away a little bit I'm not I'm not gonna be mad I'd rather I'd rather give a it's, proper review it's that sounds like something it's it's oh um why do they live in the woods well he is suffering from PTSD he was in the military, and it never really gets too much into it. But Ben Foster uh, gives a great performance because you, you can see the pain and anguish, and he's always somebody that is. He's I've always I've never been fond of him, super fond of him in the roles he's been in. But he is very reserved, and you can see that every single movie makes every single choice that he makes. He is 
he is dealing with this PTSD, and I, mm. I just think it's a very nuanced, solid performance. Um, and the daughter is brilliant in it, and she is kind of being the parent of the two mm. of them. Because mm. have either of you, anyone here, seen uh, was it Captain Fantastic from oh, a couple of years ago? So yeah. if you've seen that, this is a great companion piece to that, and it really makes you question this father who is making them live this life out in the woods. Is he real? And he, you think you know he thinks he's doing the right thing. He's mm -hmm. teaching her how to hunt, how to fish, how to make a fire and all this. But as the movie goes on, you really start to question, is this really all for the best for her well-being? Nope. And, um, is it the PTSD that that <laughs> makes him do it and the wife is just enabling it? or the what? No, there's no wife. Oh, there is no, no wife. No, it's just okay. the father and the daughter. Uh, it's very early on it's revealed that the wife has passed away, so that's not really spoiling okay. anything. Um, but it's it's a great father-daughter relationship movie, and it's really about who is really being the parent in this, yeah. and, and what is the best way of, of living your life, your best life. Um, mm. I don't want to say much more than that, because a lot of people haven't seen it, and it's uh, but it's a beautiful film that I went in not really knowing much about, but I, I left with it in my top ten, so it's, it's mm. a solid movie. Yeah. Nice. I want to read the book before I watch the movie just because I. Oh yeah. To because the movie release kills all my dreams. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I think it's uh, it's streaming now, so that's where I probably. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Might yeah, be. It might yeah. be on Amazon. I'm not sure. It. Yeah. You know, Amazon has a lot of a lot of uh, hidden finds. Mm. Yeah. Like we talked about with the ticket with uh, Dan Stevens last podcast. Really strong film about a blind man who regains his sight and goes after what he didn't have in life, which was the big job, the uh, the, the hot um, girlfriend, etc. And then when he tries to get back with his wife, his blindness comes back. And then it's, it's like an Aesop's fable kind of, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. It's very good. Um, yeah, okay, cool. So we just did our, um, our biggest surprise. Mm -hmm. And like now let's do our biggest disappointment. So what was your... Biggest disappointments, Rob, this year? I have three on the list. Yeah. Two are horror movies. Being a huge horror fan, I was very disappointed by The Nun. Mm. I was looking so forward to that movie. And Damn. They, they went away from what made the first Conjuring movie so good and mm. tried to make it cheesy with jump scares. Like, jump scares that didn't fit. Yeah. That really bothered me. Or we're in the trailer and everyone's yeah. expecting them. Yeah. Do you think the the whole controversy with the trailer had a negative impact on the film? No. Um, only if Not you're someone me. who purely goes for the jump scares. Like, there's some people who literally just go to the movies just to be obnoxious and scream because they think it's like, oh my god, so scary. <laughs> and like, there's a lot of people who are like, oh my god, the scariest part was in the trailer. I was one of those people, but jump scares really don't do anything to me. I'm just a solid rock when I like watch shit like that. Meanwhile, my boyfriend's jumping into no, like three I'm, seats I'm away from me. I'm like all my fingers for these movies. But so, like, like I, I can have more hands, <laughs> so I've only seen that much. I. I look at the corners of the TV yeah. I know something's going to jump out of me. I don't like yeah. it. <laughs> I thought the trailer was crap because like any movie that's throwing its biggest jump scare out there in a trailer is Fucked going up. to be crap. Yeah. Like they could have just like played out like the backstory of the nun. They could have mm -hmm. had like an actor read from a book of philosophy. Right. Or, uh, not philosophy. A book of um, demons and talking about the nun and then left it at that. That would have been a great trailer. Would have got more people to go in. Mm -hmm. but instead, 
jump scare. I mean, I can't arguably say that the jump scare trailer didn't get more people in the theaters. No, most people that is the only reason they got in. Yeah, because of the the general audience. Is it going to continue this franchise? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it ended. It made too much money. Yeah. Okay. And it ended as if it was going to be made again. Even, I feel like French, even if it didn't, The Conjuring French whole thing has... Frenchie's a fucking bastard. But like, I feel like The Conjuring as a whole just is way too much of a following that it really, really doesn't I matter. Up, I caught up on... Annabelle movies are in that too. Right? Yep. I caught up on those in the last... Annabelle Creations, all right. Annabelle Creations I was better. Really go for either one. It's kind of I don't. Annabelle Creation felt more scary like The me. Conjuring. Yeah, <laughs> no, the dolls not scary. I, I love the dolls. I love creepy dolls, but like the first one, I just have so many issues with because the so acting horrible. was shit. Everything was bad in that. Yeah. Whoever was in charge of set design was shit because it was supposed to be like in the fifties or whatever, fifties or sixties, and didn't like that at all they gave her some like super stereotypical like hairstyle whoever played the mom in that was horrible (laughs) i don't i don't don't, she was shit so i saw them back to back so they're just (laughs) (laughs) yeah but um the second annabelle was great like even the conjuring i don't like all of them i like one and two I, I like them both. Movies and ins- the Insidious movies. Make. A lot of people do. <laughs> yeah. Insidious. A lot of people do. You did the love when we were like talking. Yeah. He's like, wait, is that Insidious? I'm like, no. Yeah. Insidious. You got real confused. Was all right. In- Really? Yeah, I it was all right. It was incredible. I thought I Insidious th- I thought they, was pretty good. I thought, Luke Wilson? I hated how they revealed. No, that was the Conjuring. Darth Maul. Great. Darth Maul, but that was like one dark. When you saw that though, that was a huge jump. I did. I did like the first one. Yeah. Oh my god, it but became I, like a meme at some point. So like the Darth Maul face did not affect me in any way. Yeah, they shouldn't have <laughs> yeah. revealed it. Like but they that, like but. I. What I like about those films that they do hide a lot of stuff like in the background. Yeah. And the nun, I feel like, did none of that shit. And that's why it, it upset me because Valak's whole building up to what Valak is was Easter eggs in like all of the Conjuring mm-hmm. films. Yeah, and was. the fact that this is what Valak's film is supposed yeah. to be Disappointing. was absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I should have done this. I love spooky ghost <laughs> films. But like, they spent so much building her up to give us nothing about her mm-hmm. except to have the other Farmiga in. A conjuring film, yeah. and yeah. that was it. I love her though, so I'm not gonna talk shit. Tyza Farmiga is the best, but yeah, no, I'm sorry, I jumped in, but that I that okay. I forgot about that. Wow, because okay. I think I defended it a little bit <laughs> no, when we, I talked about it. I was like no, on the we, fence. We were both disappointed yeah. by it because expecting more. So. Yeah, maybe continue. My second biggest disappointment. Oh, God. oh yeah, Hereditary. Yeah. Mm. Why, Rob? It's too much. I'll just (laughs) give a couple things. It was billed as being the scariest movie since The Exorcist. Yes. I didn't find a single unsettling thing about this movie. It was such a big letdown, and I understood it all. I'll just leave it at that. I didn't like it. Okay. Your opinions are wrong, but okay. Is this a sore topic? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was very passionate. That's why uh, she sat at that end of the Uh, table. (laughs) Yeah. I do usually sit at the end. And then another one, it's mainly just because of I liked the first one so much. It may have been because I was an idiot and a little child, but Super Troopers 2. 
I was looking forward to that movie for like 10 years and it came out and I thought it was horrible. Mm. Yeah. So let down by it. The jokes missed for me. And I went back to watch the first Super Troopers to think maybe I'm stupid and this one sucked too. I like the first Super Troopers still. Yeah. So this one just felt really flat for me. Mm. Maybe I should have went on a lot of drugs and went to go see it. (laughs) Or got really drunk. Maybe that would have helped, but I just hated it. They all look the same, though. They're all unaged in ten years. Yeah, they are. They're impressively gifted. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, those are my biggest letdowns of 2018. All right. Um, So I feel like there's a lot of films that, like, I wasn't necessarily disappointed. I just kind of was like, meh. Like, I'm cool I saw it, but it wasn't, like, the biggest piece of shit. (laughs) Now that you mentioned The Nun, that was something I was super disappointed in. Another being horror. That's just who I is. Um, I I was really upset with a lot of horror this year. Yeah. Um, Not that good. But my biggest disappointment was Slenderman. I feel like... It, it Slenderman had its time. I don't understand why on earth this needed to be reborn in the way that it was. Because, you know, I know we need to be safe because we know a lot of people who worked on it, whatever. But, like... Not in the way that it was. No. I just... I'm just, like... The, what, what were you talking about? The <laughs> Marble Hornets? Yeah. I actually went back and watched that, and then I had to shut it off because I was nervous. So I was like, I, no. My team <laughs> Yeah, I feel it, it like so this is not Slenderman's time. Like he had his shit, even on like Reddit. I feel it. People are stuck on that. Uh, her name's like Momo or something, and it's like the bitch from The Shining, but her face is really <laughs> fucked up. That's that's like the new Slenderman right now. And uh, gotta meet this lady. Slenderman's a secret. Momo's terrifying, <laughs> but like there's no, been no. scarier. Wish she was. There's been way scarier Reddit like characters and like horror not horror icons because that's uh, disrespectful but like he doesn't know who marble hornet what marble hornets is though neither did i neither did oh, i yeah, true so marble you, you were the only was, one the what 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 marble yeah. hornets marble hornets is marble. where slender man began You're talking blah 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 yeah it's it's a, it i knew slender man from like reddit and so, that's it so marble hornets was originally a youtube series that was created by a couple of like indie filmmakers and it was like a hundred something episodes in, and it was like basically they just go out and film this series, um, but it was expertly done, expertly written, expertly edited, um, basically creating this universe where this creature Slenderman comes and kidnaps kids, and leaves no basically leaves no trace of them, and, and continues to keep capturing kids. But it was like this YouTube series created like with Handycam, mm-hmm. with like. You know, a bunch of different, a bunch of kids in, in, in like their thesis or whatever in high school or college, and uh, it was it when I was, you know, 18, 19, I was super into ghost hunting and everything. And like when I first found Marble Hornets, my friend showed me the first episode, and I watched the entire 150 episode season that at that city in that city. Yeah, it's just really is a really well done, low, super super low budget. Um, it was very, very reminiscent of uh, Blair Witch Project and the way they marketed themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm. And they just did a very good job with it to the point where today we have Slender Man and uh, they, it just, nothing like it the was, original. 
Uh, Maybe he needs to eat something. It should. <laughs> it just should have been left alone. Like it had its time. Whoever was a fan of it, I I don't know anyone who's an actual like used to be a fan like your level. But yeah, um, like the first time I saw Slenderman was like the they did like a photo contest on Reddit, which is where I first saw him. So that's where I thought he started, and they would edit Slenderman into, like, the backgrounds of, like, pictures of kids playing on the playground, which they, like, had in the film. And I'm like, oh, those are, like, like, you know they're fake. They're obviously fake. They're not real. But, like, when I'm in my youth and I'm like, oh, my God, that's the most terrifying thing ever because I also would sit there and be like, oh, there's spooky things in the woods. I love this. Like, and to just see it be so not well done and the acting was just so horrendous and just i can be you know proud that oh wow this is shot here great but like i'm so mad at whoever wrote this yeah i'm so mad so that it's just and seeing the posters i was like oh whatever saw it for this and i was even extra disappointed i didn't know i could be even more disappointed but i was so that's that's it that's all i got for you so uh, my big that was actually made my big, biggest disappointment list. Slenderman was up there, mm-hmm. um, and then the other one was Isle of Dogs, which was Wes Anderson's most recent animated movie, um, following his other animated movie, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, this movie, it, it 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 you know when when you go when you're Wes Anderson, so he's made like several you know seven to ten live action movies, mm-hmm. and he's made one animated movie, Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is excellent. Perfect, fantastic movie. I watch it probably twice a year. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I watch. I probably watch. I'm super white, <laughs> so <laughs> I watch. Like it's so stereotypically true that like I watch Wes Anderson movies. I probably watch every single one of Wes Anderson movies at least twice a year. Nice. Um, Life Aquatic is probably on at least ten to fifteen. <laughs> um, wow. But well, he. I, just the way he he makes movies it's just like it's a way to make a movie in which i feel no pressure watching it whatsoever and it allows me to relax and take in really concept really complex subjects with a really um it's hard to explain like in in life aquatic bill murray falls down the stairs towards the third act of the movie and his dialogue is, I never wanted to be a father, talking to Owen Wilson, who's his father, who's his son in the movie. And during the whole course of Life Aquatic, it's a really easygoing movie with a lot of like dry comedy, but like you're understanding that Bill Murray in this movie is a has-been, he a has-been or never was, and he's always never understood how to lead a normal life. And when he's approached by the opportunity of fatherhood, he doesn't know how to handle it, but he also wants it so bad. And to fail, it does nothing but kill him inside. And at that scene, I cry every time. But anyway, Fantastic Mr. Fox was a very playful, accessible movie Mm -hmm. with a lot of adult subjects, but with a lot of easily digestible characters and and a lot of fun. Isle of Dogs seemed to miss all of that. None of the characters had the same energy or feel. The writing was kind of all over the place and the plot was all over the place. 
Um, it was super disappointing and actually hurtful to me as a white male. <laughs> Wes Anderson would betray me. I'm just <laughs> I'm I'm kind of kidding, but like I find it funny that like the cliche is that white people like Wes Anderson movies, and I literally love Wes Anderson movies. Mm. Um, but no, this one just didn't do it for me. I have, it's funny. I've seen all of his movies except for the two animated movies. Oh really? I have not seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, but I do love all. Not all of them, but I love most of his uh, live action. Um, mm. Life Aquatic, I've seen in a long time. I mean, now I mm. kind of want to see it again because I've seen Rushmore and Royal Tenenbaums many, many times, okay. and uh, probably seen those two the most. But I haven't. And um, but yeah, Life Aquatic is one I have not returned to yet. You and your kids will love Fantastic Mr. Fox, and for different reasons. Okay, <laughs> which is fantastic in my opinion it's 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 the way to make an animated movie hmm. All right. a lot of people do it right there are a lot of animated movies that are fantastic like toy story fuck yeah you know etc there's adult themes in a kid's movie this is one of those movies a lot of adult themes in this kid's movie and it's not too heavy-handed where your kids are going to ask you weird questions and it's not too light where you're going to go in and thinking you're bored hmm. All right. you know put on my short list and what do you think uh, disappointing movies this year? Um, okay, so the two that come to mind, they've all, both been mentioned. One of them is going to cause a lot of friction, I think. But mm. I'm going to say, the first one I'm going to say is Blockers. Whoa. Um, I didn't, neither of these movies, I hate it. But I went in hearing Blockers being like the funniest movie of all time. Like, it was sure. going to be a, a really raunchy, biting comedy. And it just... It again, um, what's his name? John Cena. John Cena. I, I get. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know who he is. Yes, John Cena. <laughs> I, I, I just didn't get into him in this movie. Uh, I think he is a very talented um, actor that needs to find the right role for him. Mm-hmm. It's, apparently, it's not Bumblebee, but I'm sure no. that he will find. Um, a platform that would be perfect for him but i just didn't work for me there were great highlights in the film i'm not complaining it just it just i wanted like super bad again and that's mm. and that's what i was thinking it was gonna be and it wasn't and maybe it's just because i'm older too i at age now i relate more to the parents obviously than <laughs> the kids and when i watched super bad i was kind of in the middle of that so i kind of you know could relate to you know you know jonah hill and um um, the other kid, Michael Sarah. Yes, yeah, Michael Sarah in that, and it's uh, you know, I guess I'm at an age now where like I'm seeing like the parents' point of view, and it horrified me probably more yeah. than anything. <laughs> I think Sisters is the movie you're looking for. Yes. Okay. It, it, Monotone it drug dealer John Cena is his role. Okay. Yeah, actually, Stevia stole the show in that one. No. Do you remember Stevia? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I forget his name. He's on awesome. the other fat white comedian yeah. who's not dead. Oh, fuck, I need to go home and watch that <laughs> again. So the other one, so and this is where we may have a problem, um, The Meg. Oh, oh my God, I have um, to go. Yeah, here, here, I'm going to preface this by saying I am a huge fan of the series of books by Steve Allen. I was on board from day one back in 97 or so when it's the first book came out. So, again, I don't, I don't have time to read a lot of books. Yes. I just don't. I maybe read one a year, but I read all the Meg novels. <laughs> and I'll admit, even the novels themselves, they get worse as they go on. But I've I still, know. I'm only like, out of like seven or eight of them, I've read like the first six or 
Six of them or something. Oh yeah, and he's still he's still pumping these out. I started collecting them. I thought I had all of them. Some of them not even like in bookstores. Like you have to like special order them from his website directly because yeah. But you know they're 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 going downhill. But I loved the Meg so much and like and it made me scared of the water again. And you know first time since watching Jaws, I experienced some form of media where like I really was irked by by this whole thing and it is a horrifying book and it's and the movie does it no justice at all no surprise but beyond that i looked at it and i don't i didn't hate the movie it's a really good popcorn movie yes mm -hmm. i'm not complaining yeah. about yep. that it delivered the goods what it intended to do mm -hmm. i just wish it did it, it just captivated me more because it's something that i loved so much growing up and of course it was never going to meet those expectations as it, it never could have mm -hmm. so that's my only preface there's nothing wrong with the film it just it just you know it was nothing like the book at all it was and except for except for being a big shark <laughs> yeah. there really isn't much else and some of the characters have the same names yeah <laughs> that that's it but there is uh i would highly recommend the book it's mm. a quick read um fun it's much more of a horror movie horror book hmm. uh, story yeah. uh really recommend it and even some of the the second and third sequels in the books are uh really good too so hmm. um but uh, it, there being two sharks were all, was awesome so you i knew yeah. all along there was a second shark coming mm. yeah. and um but it was uh it was it just you know disappointed me because i i I experienced that story on such a better level yeah. before it's because it skipped genres on you well, okay, so like this no. this may have been mentioned before, but I'm sure everyone here has seen The Deep Blue Sea, right? Yeah, of course. I If the movie was trying to be more fun and campy like that, mm -hmm. I think I would have enjoyed it more. If it just went all in on that style, like Piranha 3D or, <laughs> or Deep yeah. Blue Sea or something where it's just ridiculous. It seemed all about uh, the resolution between... Um, Jason Statham and and the uh, the female uh, marine biologist. Yeah, it was, mm. what was the whole love interest thing was very odd in it too. It didn't uh, the chemistry. First of all, Jason Statham and whoever I forget who they were. There was no chemistry at all. I thought with him and any of the his his ex wife or wife at the time mm -hmm. who was uh, I just didn't buy into that at all. Or the the girl that kind of liked him. And now I'm I'm, I'm blocking a lot of it out. Um, but it was, uh, but, you know, the, the performances of like all the people on the side I thought were were solid. It was mm. very, everyone was kind of a caricature. But yeah. It, it's, it, yeah. it delivered exactly what it wanted to do. And I'm happy that it was successful, but I'm sad because I know they're going to make more of these and they're going to be just as bad in my mm. book. So. <laughs> well, we'll see. Perspective. Well, we'll see. But, you know, they probably had to tone they probably they probably took this movie called the meg and they probably had to cheese it up a little bit to try yeah to sell it. well there was a f great shark movie a couple years ago with blake lively what was it called oh um but that movie yeah. was what everything i wanted the shallows. shark movies the yeah, shallows, shallows which yeah. if we'd done the show a couple years ago would have been one of the most surprising movies of the year i don't like the water but i thought that was scary gripping and suspenseful film and the meg could have been that yeah or it could have gone really campy and it tried to do balancing act and mm. i thought it kind of didn't reach either so this is a good episode for my personal records to figure out what I'm gonna go watch. <laughs> Dogtooth, 
um, that other movie by Yorgos, and uh, The Shallows. Shallows is good. Shallows is good. Um, so now that we've talked about biggest disappointments, biggest surprises, let's round the show off with our favorite movie. This is like what we liked the most. All right. And our least favorite movie, what we didn't like the most. It has nothing to do with quality. Has nothing to do with how good the cinematography was. It could be a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. So, uh, favorite movie and least favorite movie, Rob. I'm gonna go with Infinity War as favorite for just what it means and what it built up to be, and how long it took to get there. As my favorite and least favorite. Oh Jesus Christ. No, there were so many bad ones. There was a lot of bad ones. I can't do least favorite, so I'm just going to say one of my top three least favorite, Death Wish, with Bruce Willis. That was this year? It was really fucking bad. Believe it or not, it was this year. It was horrible. (laughs) Came and went. There's also a horror movie that came out that I can't remember that I... I couldn't stand to. Winchester. No, not that one. Oh. It was worse than Winchester. Oh, really? Win- yeah. Yeah, I it was. That, that came out this year? Yeah. Or last year? Probably. Yeah, actually, you know what? I hated Winchester more than Death Wish. You did. <laughs> that movie was so bad. I am it the only like person it, on the earth that liked that movie. Anyway. It felt like it was four hours long and I fell asleep. That was the only movie you told me to watch out for twice. Mm. <laughs> Don't see it. <laughs> yeah, don't. Twice. I just like that the Winchester Mansion exists in real life. So that's just the only thing that got me all excited. I was like, yeah, Ooh. well, Evan still don't go see it. <laughs> <laughs> but this one that was worse than that, I just can't right. think of it. I'm trying to think of horror movies that came out this year. Last year. Fuck it. Is it my turn? Yep. yep. Um, great. Um, I'm going to do the least favorite, um, which is The Darkest Minds. I feel like that just had nothing going for it, which is super upsetting because I feel like this year was filled with a lot of people taking books and making them into movies and not doing it correctly. Now that I know The Meg was a disappointment. Um, The Darkest Minds just had absolutely nothing going for it. No one, just no one, no one worked. That was a horrible movie. It was like two hours too long. Mm And it's just, I just throw it out. She um, also had the dumbest name out of any actress I've ever heard. You're so mad at Amandla. Amandla! You're so mad at her. That's, That's a dumb name. Ridiculous. Um... But it's like your mom had a stroke while she wrote on her birth certificate. No, that's I, like that's like some actress. Amanda. My name's Amanda. When I people look me up on IMDb, they're not gonna get it right. I might as well make it Amanda Law. So Amazing. Find me. And we here we are today. Um. So I have this one written down as my honorable mention, but it honestly is the one that got me is super excited this year, and it is Overlord. Love Overlord as an effects artist. Practical effects get me going, and uh. I feel like this was beautifully done, and I feel like it wasn't too long. No. And mm. it was just—it's just really good. That was another biggest surprise that would kind of just end up as yeah. an honorable mention for like too many. Yeah, but o- Overlord's my Overlord's the Overlord of the year. Mm. Mm. So I had my favorite was actually the favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I just couldn't. I I, I love 
I love a movie with some solid, like some solid like character study. <laughs> yeah. Complete character study. The acting was phenomenal. I could watch that movie ten times over for Emily Blunt. She Emily was Blunt. Amazing. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yeah. Yeah. Correct you. Like Emma Stone. Yeah. Emily Blunt is amazing. Yeah, she's my Excuse favorite. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my uh, my least favorites are a tie. So I had my first one was an in theaters one, and that one was shit. I don't remember that one. Traffic. Okay. Traffic. <laughs> That's why I don't yeah. So Traffic was a movie done by a music video director about human trafficking, and they felt the need to uh, put text on the screen at the beginning and the end of the movie, detailing how difficult track, how how much of an issue traf- human trafficking was. But during this entire movie, there was very little about the movie that was about human trafficking. Not not. And, and not in the slightest did they ever make it seem like it was a huge issue aside from like the very end the last like 10 minutes mm-hmm. and this movie had some of the worst acting some of the worst writing worst cinematography it, it was above and beyond the worst movie I have seen in 2018 and that came Absolutely. out like early in the yeah. year that was a flying piece of shit. <laughs> like, I cannot even go into detail. This movie has been brought up in so many reviews. Watch the reviews. Bad. I'm sure you weren't that nice to it then. Yes, please watch the review. I like how oh, the I just remember. I just remember Taylor being upset. I did watch the review, but I just remember Taylor being like, fuck this. Yeah. Um, my other... You okay? I died. My other <laughs> uh, least favorite movie of the year is a streaming Cloverfield Paradox, which mm-hmm. so everybody and their mother hated. Fuck you, Justin. Of course, it Justin. So liked it. this movie, this series, feels the need to drag movies have no unrelated, have a complete unrelated story, and slapping the name Cloverfield on them. Mm. So this movie was not only a flying piece of shit in space. Mm-hmm. But it was a flying piece of shit in space that had absolutely no connection with the Cloverfield universe, but yet as was deemed as so by saying that there was a parallel universe. They these, sandwiched the fuck out of that. And these are the only filmmakers who I really can. I honestly just go fly into the fucking sun or a black hole, you piece of shit, <laughs> because you just want money. Don't yeah. give these people work. You really nobody <laughs> would have watched that film if they didn't call it that, right? I mean, exactly. Uh, yeah. It yeah, would have completely flown under the radar. And the fact that they promoted it at the, during the Super Bowl, too. Yep. Which was a brilliant piece of marketing. That was all their marketing money, because that cost millions yeah. to do. That was their For film a shit film. But they knew it was a lousy film. Like, yeah, that's why they like sold that. it to Netflix. Because they knew it was going to bomb in theaters and lose the money, so they try to get yeah. something. There's no way yeah. that movie would have made $50 million, no. which is what Netflix bought it for. No. Really? It's not even smart for Netflix. Purely because <laughs> of the Cloverfield in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a piece of dog shit. <laughs> but anyway, that's that. those are my two crescendos mm. of least favorite. Those are big ones. But uh, Nathan, what do you think? Well, since I seem to have the, the final word on this, I'm going to actually, I want to leave on a high note. So I'm going to talk about my two uh, least favorite movies first. Okay. Um, kind of a tie. Um, one of them. I mean, I'll just do one. Let's keep it simple. Um, right. Mamma Mia, here we go again. Oh yes! 
I loathe, loathe this film so much. And I am not a hater of musicals. I do like a good musical. And I actually liked the first one a lot. So you can't see... I wasn't the right audience for it. I, like I the thought first the first one. one was really well done and mm. choreographed well and great performances, but there was absolutely no point for this sequel. Nothing. And the, the contrived plot they had put together to bring these characters back together is was just utter ridiculousness. You didn't like yeah. Cher? I don't <laughs> like no. Like Cher just just they just rolled her out. Like I, I they made she, her a selling she, point. She, she like, is like a, like she, she can't move. She she's just like a piece of clay now. Mm-hmm. She she can't like I oh, you know. Cher. I have nothing against Cher at all, but like it was just, I just couldn't, I probably fell asleep three times in it. My wife watched it and she didn't even like it that much, I don't think, but it was, it was just trash. It was just (laughs) absolute trash. And uh, I, so I have nothing more to say about that. Nice. Um, But I do want to leave on a high note. And unfortunately, you know, I already talked about my favorite film of the year. And that was uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. But I'm going to take this opportunity to highlight something else which just missed my list, which could have easily been my number one film because they all kind of swap around every day. But nobody here has talked about Roma. Streaming on Netflix yet. yet. Which is maybe the most beautiful film I saw of the year. Maybe Mm -hmm. Annihilation and Roma were side by side in cinematography. But Alfonso Cuaron uh, directed this. It is... He said it's his most personal film he's ever made, and uh, it's it's a it's a harrowing story about a family and their I want to say it's like not their maid but like the their person the, the woman that takes care of the children mm-hmm. like a nanny and it's really a, a story about her and her struggles in how her she lives in a different class than the family that she works for. Um, it's this shot in this really crisp, brilliant black and white. Um, um, cinematography. It's and it's using a lot of widening of lenses, so you see them walking through this, these these uh, town and spaces, and it's just, it's so vibrant. This a movie that if you have a chance to see in the theater, mm-hmm. and it is playing in some theaters still. It's worth it. I saw it streaming on Netflix, but it is that beautiful and that good mm. um you guys haven't seen it yet no. but there's um there's this there's one scene and i will warn people there's there's one scene that is so brutal um it's not like graphic or gory but there's a hospital scene where it's something is going on that is so terrible and and Quran leaves the camera lingering on this for so long and he just i just hated it because he couldn't look away and uh, he is, it's a, it's just, and it's such an intense film. In the final scene, there's a scene at the beach, and I'm not giving anything away, but it's, it's the sun drenched, um, water drenched scene where all these characters are kind of like, you've seen probably the poster for it where they're like huddled on the beach mm-hmm. uh, in that. But everything that leads up to that moment is one of the most breathtaking scenes I've ever seen uh, for the year. Um, is it like a Lars von Trier film? Or no, more... not at all. It's a very, no, no not at all. I don't know. Actually, I don't even know how to describe orange or orange. <laughs> That's what I think of ours. Um, but it is it's it's a solid solid film all around, and uh, it's you know it's on Netflix right now. Go see it. It's mm. it's it's worth it. Mm. I, it's the only film that I saw twice mm. this year because I had to see it again because there's so much happening in the scene, the, mm. the background. It's it's. 
it's so sharp and there's so much happening with characters in the background and there's it's just beautiful I don't know I'm talking the circus yeah, now no. but, but no, it's no. it's it is it's it's worth it and there's a lot of buzz about it right now possibly being uh, nominated for uh, several Oscars but it's uh, don't miss it yeah you know if you can't see it in the theater it's probably still playing in a few mm. no, not near us no in Boston I think it's playing in a couple but if it's on Netflix, yeah. I'll do I mean, it. It's maybe, on Netflix, maybe. but I, I would, it's that good. I would see it again in a theater if I could, even though it's streaming on Netflix. Yeah. I want to see it in like 70 yeah. millimeter, There's some at Coolidge Corner or something. It's one of those films that, that deserves that kind of viewing. 70 millimeter mm. is beautiful. Hateful mm. so, ASL. So I want to end it on, <laughs> on a high note with that. Wonderful. Awesome. Um, so with that being said, um, this is our two, 2018 recap review. We hope it's better in 2009. Not, not that it was shitty in 2018, but like we I hope mean, 2019 brings more movies, more opportunities, especially for independent filmmakers like mm. some of us. Um, Nathan didn't explain at the beginning. I forgot to mention who you I are. I wasn't even introduced. I just kind of uh, <laughs> yeah, let me thought that, hi, I'm Nathan. <laughs> what do you do? I am a filmmaker. I uh, I will do a quick plug. I am uh, mm -hmm. in post on actually two feature films. Mm -hmm. uh, one is Higher Methods, which uh, shot almost started two years ago. That's yeah. wild. It's taken that long to like get it right. We're still yeah. in post. We had a, a screening a few months ago, but we are still fixing up some things. And mm -hmm. it's uh, when we have a, a real a real like date where it's going to be in a festival or you know streaming somewhere. I'll be sure to let you guys know. Yeah, nice. and of course, uh, Sammy and Evan were big parts of the film as well. So it's the first project I ever yeah. met both of you on, yeah. but it's the nice. first time I ever met you. First feature outside of the DP chair. Chair? Not never chair. Never, <laughs> never in a chair. Why am I never in a chair on a DP set? Oh. <laughs> and there's a, another feature that I'm uh, on post on called "The Assassination of Western Civilization," mm -hmm. which was shot all in a single take feature film shot in one take which uh, which which uh, was stressful and we shot it all basically in one weekend we got it all done so it's uh, pretty remarkable and I will get to that eventually so yeah. that's yeah. what I do I make movies mm. cool um, so yeah with that being said uh, let's turn it over to last plugs from Rob same as always like rate review subscribe yeah same love us Leave us comments, follow us, do all the things. Let us know what your favorites of 2018 were. And I'm excited for a lot of stuff in 2019. I hope everyone else is as well. There's a lot of things that I'm like pumped about. So better not disappoint me. That's it. Nathan, anything to plug? Well, I think I just did my plugging, but if you want to follow my films, you go on imfilmworks.com and you can see the projects I'm working on. Yeah. Cool. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in to Brutally Honest Network. This is Brutally Honest Reviews. Thank you for tuning in. Next week, we have another review for you. Remember to tune in now on Mondays for our new podcast, Streaming for Gold, which is a podcast based on music reviews coming out from Spotify every week. We're throwing in a couple episodes in there that talk about various subjects with various musicians and artists. Um, we also have a Game of Thrones show called Beyond the Wall coming soon, which Rob is going to be a part of. Yeah. And finally, we have a comedy pilot called Hotline that is starting to shoot in February, and that will be out sometime in the spring unless we sign a major contract, which we're trying to do, and then shoot the whole series for you to enjoy. Yeah. So have fun, stay tuned, let us know what you think, and have a good week.
Peace. Bye.